Russia from TBW. This is the Russia Klubenen update from the 7th of March, 2023. A quick summary of what's going down in Lebanon. Let's start this update with Parliament Speaker Nabi Berri trying his best to break the presidential impasse. Al-Jamuria newspaper, in remarks published Tuesday, the 20th of February, quoted the speaker saying that there is still a chance to elect a president, but that a solution is only possible when all parties agree to cooperate in order to reach a consensus. In 11 sessions, Lebanon's divided parliament failed to elect a new president, despite the damage the political deadlock is doing to efforts to bail out its bankrupt economy. Last month, two lawmakers started a sit-in inside the country's parliamentary chamber, vowing to remain inside until fellow MPs elected a new president. Lebanon has been without a head of state since Michael Ohn's mandate expired last year, with a caretaker cabinet overseeing the responsibilities of the government amid a financial collapse that is stretching into its third year. This week, the country saw the local currency reach a record low against the U.S. dollar. The embattled local currency, which in three years has lost more than 95% of its value, dropped to a new low on Tuesday, the 20th of February, against the U.S. dollar as it traded over 92,000 to the dollar, compared to 60,000 at the start of the month. Moreover, on Wednesday, the 1st of March, the United Nations Special Coordinator for Lebanon, Joanna Roneka, called for the election of a new president without further delay. However, on the other hand, Lebanese forces leader Samir Jeajea considered that a dialogue with Hezbollah and Free Patriotic Movement best known as FPM, over the presidency is unlikely. On Wednesday, he told Azraq al-Awsat newspaper that, quote, all of Hezbollah's calls for dialogue are fake and misleading, end of quote. He also said that when Hezbollah calls for dialogue, what it really wants is to discuss the nomination of Marada leader Suleiman Frangiyeh. Jeajea said that he knows Hezbollah's tactics in presidential elections, accusing the party of letting the economic and political collapse exacerbate to force other parties to elect the candidate that it wants. But Jejea considered that electing a president nominated by Hezbollah would worsen the situation and affirmed that the Lebanese forces, or LF, would boycott the presidential election sessions if Hezbollah managed to secure 65 votes for its candidate. The LF leader went on to say that his party has been contacted by two sides, one international and one local, which suggested that the LF accepts Frangia's election as part of a certain deal. Jeajea said he didn't accept the deal and that the only middle ground candidate that he might accept is a moderate and flexible president who has good relations with all parties, but not a weak consensual president who has no opinion and can't make decisions. Another news. Following weeks of efforts to find a legal solution that would allow for the extension of General Security Chief Abbas Ibrahim's term, the attempts have reached a dead end, in a clear indication of the absence of political consensus on the issue. According to Al-Akbar newspaper, quote, no one minded that Ibrahim stayed in his post, but no one considered it to be their battle. As of the 2nd of March, Ibrahim will no longer be General Security's Director General, end of quote. As per the law, The successor would be the acting director general, a post that was occupied by Elias Pasairi for only one year following his appointment in 2019. The mission can only be tasked to the highest ranking officer in the directory, Ramzi Al-Rami. Pasairi's future depends on the decision of the medical committee, which met on Monday the 6th. Should the committee issue a decision confirming that he is unfit for the job, Pasairi would be sent to retirement to be replaced by Al-Rami. But should it postpone its reports for months, Baisari would replace Ibrahim pending the issuance of the report. 
Moving on, contract teachers rallied on Monday, the 6th of March, in front of the Education Ministry and blocked roads, demanding a further salary increase and higher transport allowances. Other public teachers returned to class, partially ending a two-month strike. Last week, the cabinet approved giving teachers a daily transport allowance that equals five liters of gas for four workdays for full-time teachers or three workdays for contract teachers. Public school teachers had been on strike, demanding an adjustment of their salaries as the Livinus pound lost more than 95% of its value and price of gas surged. They were already underpaid before the onset of the economic collapse two years ago and have since been pushed deeper into poverty. Their salaries in pounds are a fraction of what they used to be due to the currency's rapid devaluation. Many cannot afford to purchase fuel to go to work after the government gradually lifted subsidies, causing the price of hydrocarbons to quadruple within a few months. After the cabinet responded to some of the teachers' demands, some returned to class and others refused to go back to teaching before their demands were met. In other news, a public prosecution lawsuit has been filed against Central Bank Governor Riyad Salami, his brother Raja, and his assistant Marianne Hoyek. Lebanon launched an investigation into Salami's assets in 2021, following a request for assistance from Switzerland's public prosecutor, who was investigating hundreds of millions of dollars in fund movements by the governor and his brother. Since 1993, Riyad Salami has been the head of Lebanon Central Bank. According to Swiss media reports from last month, banks in Switzerland are allegedly holding up to $500 million in embezzled funds. The three are scheduled to face questioning from the first investigative judge of Beirut, Charbel Abu Samra, on the 15th of March. They are facing charges of embezzlement, money laundering, illicit enrichment and tax evasion. Despite repeated complaints, summonses, investigations and a travel ban against him, Salome has rarely appeared before the judiciary and categorically denies all accusations against him. And to end this update, we have a new recommendation for you. The book is titled The Broken Wings by Gibran Khalil Gibran. Beirut is first and foremost a city of love, and no one tells a tragic love story quite like Gibran Khalil Gibran. The Broken Wings takes you to a vibrant Beirut at the turn of the 20th century, where the young narrator falls in love with the betrothed daughter of the illustrious Paris Effendi. Written in the first person, the poetic prose uses everyday Arabic colloquialisms and paints an accurate image of Beirut and the prevalent social issues of the time. Encompassing religious and social divides, women's rights, and the elusiveness of happiness, despite the fact that it remains unknown whether this story of clandestine love is actually Gibran's own, his intimate descriptions of Beirut's neighborhoods, alleys, and smells will take you back in time and make you fall in love with the city as he saw and knew it. Another book that'll make you fall in love with Beirut is Beirut, I Love You by Zina El-Khalil. A century after Givern, Zina El-Khalil's Beirut looks very different. It is a city of hate. In this heartbreakingly honest memoir, Al-Khalil tries to make sense of a divided Beirut scarred by a civil war and under attack by Israeli planes. Her Beirut is a city of contradictions where machine guns meet miniskirts and bomb shelters meet nightclubs. She makes no effort to disguise the city's flaws. Instead, Al-Khalil makes art of its sad story and peace with all the suffering she has endured. Beirut, I Love You, is a story of pain, but also of hope for a brave and beautiful city that refuses to sink. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. You can support us by subscribing to our show. This way, you'll never miss an episode. 
Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at libanon at broshock.com. Menshofkun 